I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Somewhere in the UK at 10.29 a.m. on October the 9th in 2019, the lives of two footballers' wives were about to drastically change forever. The nickname Wagatha Christie. Colleen Rooney went out for her breakfast after dropping the kids to school and hit publish on a tweet that she had drafted the night before. She'd suspected someone was leaking stories about her to the press, and after doing two years of detective work, she was pretty sure that she knew who was behind it all. So Colleen posted a public reveal post on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The post had the whole world talking. It inspired an immeasurable amount of memes and it got really taken to court by Rebecca Vardy for libel. Not before she was dubbed Wagatha Christie. We're going to have to make a documentary about this, aren't we? This is Courtroom Drama, the podcast that relives notorious celebrity court cases and delves into how the courtroom system actually works. We'll investigate exactly how the case turned into a UK court trial and use actors to reimagine the exact words used by both sides. It's Rebecca Vardy's account. We've read the court transcripts, so you don't have to. I'm your host, Jackie Etadeji. I'm going to get into the who, what and when with my favourite iconic barrister, Grace Rose Gwynn, and TV critic, who I'm sure you follow on Twitter, everyone does. It's Scott Bryan. Today, it's all about my Roman Empire. Wags, honey. It's Vardy versus Rooney. So I think it's about time that you stop scrolling because, baby, you're about to get served. Close your eyes and imagine you've gone back in time. Spooky season has arrived. You've popped out for a coffee run at work and COVID? I don't know her. If you work in social media, your boss has just messaged you telling you to make some reaction memes to Colleen Rooney's latest post. What post? This one. Dot, 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 dot. The following is dramatic reconstruction. It has been created from courtroom transcripts which have been condensed and edited for clarity. For a few years now, someone who I trusted to follow me on my personal Instagram account has been consistently informing the Sun newspaper of my private posts and stories. There's been so much information given to them about me, my friends and my family, all without me permission or knowledge. After a long time of trying to figure out who it could be, for various reasons, I had a suspicion. To try and prove this, I came up with an idea... I blocked everyone from viewing my Instagram stories except one account. Those on my private account must have been wondering why I hadn't had stories on there for a while. Over the past five months, I've posted a series of false stories to see if they made their way into the Sun newspaper. And you know what? They did. The story about gender selection in Mexico. The story about returning to TV. And then the latest story about the basement flooding in my new house. It's been tough keeping it to myself and not making any comments at all, especially when the stories have been leaked. However, I had to. Now I know for certain which account slash individual it's come from. I have saved and screenshotted all the original stories, which clearly show just one person has viewed them. It's... Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Rebecca Vardy's account. Why so many dots? I know. <laughs> I love just the actor saying dot, 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 dot. That, for me, right? is the best bit. Scott, where were you when you first saw the tweet? So I was on holiday... And I was not on the right time zone when everyone else ah. was hearing about it. Oh, okay. And it was the classic, like, the opportunity when you go to yourself, I'm not going to be on my phone this week. I'm going right. to be really well away from it. And then lo and behold, the <laughs> biggest story ever. This is where I admit my lack of knowledge at the time mm. about footballers' wives. 
I think it was more about the idea behind it, the sensational claim and the fact that you would go to somebody that you know so publicly to claim that they had done something with everybody able to see rather than just saying, oh, you know, I don't think you're doing the right thing here in a private message directly Mm. before. I think that's what kind of captured, I think, Twitter's imagination, social media and absolutely everybody else. Also, Colleen Rooney is someone who's pretty private and really quiet and like really unproblematic. So for her to do this, you know, she was fed up. She has said in the Disney Plus documentary quite recently Mm. that she believes that if she had gone to Vardy with these claims and with the receipts that she would have just denied it anyway. Mm. But I think it's also the thing that strikes for me. And I think just from a legal perspective, I'd be really interested to hear your view on this, is the fact that she says that she'd consulted with nobody on this. Mm, (laughs) Didn't go to her legal representatives, didn't go to her her PR. So just the fact that everyone around her, her private circle, were finding out at the exact same time as her, as the entire public. Mm. I just find that to be sensational. Yeah, completely iconic. I mean, Grace, could you tell from reading the post that it had the possibility of a libel case being filed? I didn't think so because it was Rebecca Vardy's account It wasn't saying Ah. it is Rebecca Vardy or Ah. it was Rebecca Vardy. And we know enough that celebrities have many people that manage their account. So there might be a dozen people that have access to that Instagram account. So I think it was an intentional and clever move to say it was Rebecca Vardy's account because that is undeniable. Mm. But just because it's an account doesn't mean it's managed by Rebecca Vardy. Mm. Now, I don't know whether it is Colleen's sort of experience in the public eye Mm -hmm. that she knew to be careful and say, Mm. because she's probably got many people on her account as well. What would you have tweaked in the reveal post if Rooney had come to you for advice before posting it? Absolutely nothing. It's slapped. Oh, really? (laughs) I I would have thought from a legal perspective, you would be like, absolutely everything. You know, let's not go to the high court here let's not let's not escalate things no you see how much money Colleen Rooney's made of this she won her legal costs were covered she's had a documentary on Disney Plus there's a book coming out everyone wants to interview her yeah. absolutely she not is the, she is the moment Rooney's got her documentary there's been podcasts even a West End show which is called yeah. well nicknamed The Scouse Trap because it was <laughs> played in a theatre opposite The Mouse Trap by Agatha Christie yes. as well which is just sublime. Is brilliant. No idea whether the theatre performance is any good, by the way. Right. But for me, I'm like five stars. Yeah. No, Colleen Rooney really ate when she posted that. It's like, yes, girl. What do you think it is about the case that I think we all just got so obsessed with? That it's two wags beefing publicly. Mm. Wags that have been hacked <laughs> together. Yeah. Wags that we know both of their husbands are in the English football team. Yeah. You know, I think it was so high profile that these are household names and we've got one that is publicly exposing the other for being a grass. And I think that when we are on WhatsApp groups and then there's an incident... Even if you don't say anything, you are reading the posts. Yeah. You are intrigued about relationships and picking a side. Because I kind of, at first, and before this all went to the high court, you can kind of see it from both sides' perspective. You can see it from Colleen's side, you know, being really frustrated that private information had been leaked about her. But you can also see it from Vardy's side, being like, well, is someone else using my account? I have no knowledge of this. And why are you making such a public accusation that I've been selling to the papers when I haven't? And and I think like everybody, at least at first until we saw the receipts and the high court exchanges were very much on different sides. Yeah and I do remember Rebecca Vardy doing a bit of a press tour actually and going on Loose Women and crying and you know she Mm. was pregnant at the time and I think a lot of people were like oh my god like she's literally pregnant and like Jamie Vardy would be playing football and people would be shouting your wife's a grass. Yeah there was that chant wasn't there? Yeah I can't remember what it is. Really? Yeah. And she was pregnant, so it was just, yeah, I think there was a lot of empathy with Rebecca Vardy at first. Well, I mean, I also think even from Colleen's side, because she did say in the documentary that the amount of trolling that Vardy then received from this was significant, substantial and hurtful and wrong. And I think also a lot about this case, which I do find fascinating, is unintended consequences. Because yes, of course, if you are making an accusation in an Instagram or on a tweet that are you know going to get picked up by the press, of course it's going to be becoming a big talking point. Of course it's going to be a story. I don't think they predicted or anyone else predicted it would become the biggest celebrity story pretty much of the year maybe even the decade in terms of the fact of how it progressed. And I think, obviously, she didn't expect all of the reaction and all of the trolls and abuse that came with it. 
as a society as well, we are so obsessed with social media that this was literally not only a trial by social media, but the evidence was social media. Yes. yes. And so as consumers, I think we were engrossed with the fact that, hang on, this woman is taking screenshots of Instagram to the high court. But then also having to explain social media in court. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know like the, the most Close notable friends. time, like there was an exchange, I think, when they had to explain what FFS means. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just the fact that... Because, you know, there's a person typing in the court, just having like... Yeah. And having to explain the meaning of emojis and whether something was a laughter emoji or a crying emoji. Yeah. And I can confirm from personal experiences, judges are not savvy with text lingo, with sort of cultural phenomenons. You know, I was saying to a judge yesterday about the whole blocking on WhatsApp and she turned around and said, well, Miss Gwynn, your client's hardly a tech genius. And I'll say, well, wow. you don't need to be a tech genius to do that. And is a libel case the same as a defamation case? Like, what's the difference? Defamation is basically the overarching umbrella term for saying something about someone that is untrue and harms their reputation. Libel is just putting that onto paper, in text, in black and white. So it's just a form of defamation in the written form. On the morning of October 9th, when the reveal post had gone live, some people had just got back from the school run. Some people were having their lashes done. Others were in the doctor's waiting rooms. Wayne Rooney's reaction was, I can't do a Scouse accent. What's she done here? And Mrs Vardy and Caroline Watt's reaction, well, according to their messages to each other, which were included as evidence in the trial, it included a cover plan, dot, 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 dot. And before we hear from Caroline, I just wanted to let you know that, well, no one knows what Caroline Watt sounds like or where she's from. We reached out to one of her clients so we could actually cast someone accurately and we were told the following dot, 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 dot. I would never tell anyone where Caroline is from or what accent she has. Caroline has and will remain a private person. Thanks. So we've taken some creative liberty here and given Caroline a French accent. Because I really wanted to go to Paris and practice some of what I've learned from Duolingo, but the reports of the bedbugs had me feeling shook. Ew. Disgusting. So why not bring some Parisian flair to Wagatha? Message her now and ask what the f this is. Kiss. Who is that? Kiss. Colleen has posted it on Twitter. Wow. Flushed face emoji. That's war. Kiss. She has just posted it now. You will have to say that you don't speak to anyone about her, but that recently your Insta has even been following people you don't follow. And she should have come to you first and asked you about it, so you could have changed your password. Just say that you have allowed a company to access it for sponsored posts and a former social media agency that you worked with too. Grace, in a court of law, what do these messages between Caroline Watts and Rebecca Vardy come across as? Because to an average person, it's looking like a cover plan. That's exactly what it comes across in a court of law as well. You've got to remember that in a courtroom, we analyse the evidence. The evidence there is effectively a conspiracy to do what they're doing and to cover it up by preemptively coming up with excuses for it. These WhatsApp messages are not good and they are not helpful to Vardy's case. Wow. And Scott, when the reveal post came out, did you check to see if Rebecca had posted a response? What did you think her next move could have been? It's so hard because I felt that when that had happened, it felt like a runaway train, when Vardy had denied it. I think the media was already running away with itself with the term Wagatha Christie about it. It was a bit of an uphill struggle for Vardy to just completely flat out deny it. I think it's so interesting about how from the documentary we learned a lot about exchanges between the two of them at the time. Directly after the accusation by Kaleem was uploaded, Vardy reportedly messaged her to say, what is this about? To which she responded, you know what this yes! is about. Which is I love that. Powerful. Really, really, really powerful. And then Vardy then responded, quote, actually, I have no idea, Colleen. I have zero interest in what you do or what's going on in your life. All I have ever been is supportive of you. Oh. And then it's just the fact that I just, with the documentary, yeah. you're able to have Colleen's version of events. But yeah. the fact that she had saved all of these WhatsApp exchanges and mm-hmm. you see them play out. But it's just those spicy little bits of conversation from before and after that makes it just even a little bit more, a little bit more resistible. You've got three ongoing timelines at the same time. You've got mm. publicly what Colleen is posting and she knows is being viewed 
by someone she can't trust. Then you've got the intimate friendship between Colleen and Rebecca Vardy with the WhatsApp messages often correlating with whatever's going on on Instagram. And then the third strand are the messages between Vardy and Caroline Watt plotting with these same Instagram. And the way that in court it was able to all weave together to show a true picture, it was just undeniable what was going on. Do you think Rebecca should do a doc? (laughs) It would be interesting to see Vardy's version of events, but we also have that play. There's also been a Channel 4 drama that starred Michael Sheen as David Sherborne, who's the lawyer who represented Colleen Rooney. And that was a two-parter. And then that relied pretty much entirely on the court exchanges and the transcripts that were available with press reaction. I would say that we are like 80% there with absolutely everything, just because also... Despite some of the privacy involved, this was a very, very, very public event. You can't get more public than social media. Mm. So yeah, Vardy's version might provide a little bit, but then after that, I think I'm out. <laughs> Do you know what? I've, I would watch Rebecca Vardy's account. Because it would be interesting to see whether the there was anything between Vardy and Colleen in WhatsApp exchanges that Colleen has not revealed. Yes. Because you've seen, you know, all of the exchanges from what she says that she received from Vardy at the time and, and the argument and how it's built out. And that might be the entire transcript. Yeah. But if it's not, then it makes you wonder why. Yeah. And I think that would be intriguing to sort of follow from, from that point of view. Totally. See, I take the complete opposite view. I am not interested whatsoever because we've got everything. But what I take more importantly is the court documents the transcripts Mm. because if you are fighting for yourself in court you're going to lay everything out on the table that you could possibly use to defend yourself yeah so actually i don't think she's got anything she could say and could put forward that wasn't put forward in a court anyway maybe she just needs to go in go into i'm a celeb and do a again hancock yeah (laughs) and like rebrand and just read well she could do it again rebrand like katie price yeah katie price did it twice yeah (laughs) jade good even did big brother twice didn't she i've no idea she did she did yes yeah 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 yeah. there's always there's always an opportunity for a rebrand yeah always the trial began on may the 10th 2022 and concluded nine days later Journalists who have covered some of the world's most glamorous events, like the Oscars and the Golden Globes, said nothing compared to the wag of the trial. For them, it was the hottest ticket in town. And guess what? You just got a front row seat. There were around 3,000 pages of documentary evidence that largely consisted of Instagram stories, posts, DMs and newspaper articles. But there was something missing. The screenshots, images, videos and voice messages between Vardy's agent, Caroline Watts and Vardy weren't there. When questioned about the missing evidence, Vardy said the following. I have no idea what went wrong when I did the data transfer. I did not deliberately delete the chat. There is no reason that I would because I had just provided a copy of it to my lawyers. The only copy of the chat that still exists is the copy held by my lawyers for the purposes of this litigation. It is no longer on my phone or any other of my devices. Whilst it contains all of the WhatsApp messages between Caroline and me, it does not include the images or other media files because I could not upload these. This is extremely frustrating for me because I have absolutely nothing to hide in terms of the missing media. On the contrary, I believe that the missing images would support my case. Vardy had got rid of her laptop because it had been damaged beyond repair. But that wasn't the only thing that vanished mysteriously. Caroline Watt had also had an incident where a key piece of evidence ended up in Davy Jones' locker. It is the case that I accidentally dropped my phone while I was on a boat trip in August this year. This was a genuine accident which happened during a family holiday to Scotland. I have a weakness in my hand and was on a boat trip with my family. I was standing up in choppy waters holding my phone and I dropped my phone when the boat hit a wave. This was an uninsured phone and its loss was extremely inconvenient and expensive for me. However, I don't believe its loss makes any difference to the information I'm able to provide the court. 
As I understand it, all the information on the phone was retained on iCloud and transferred to my new phone, which I have provided for imaging. The only information which would not have been on iCloud is records of WhatsApp messages and calls, but my WhatsApp messages had already been routinely deleted back in 2019, way before the proceedings began. Well, the judge didn't buy it, did he? The judge found that the documents, the WhatsApps, the messages were deleted after a time. They should have been preserved for disclosure. He also didn't buy the excuse that a phone dropped in a body of water and there was a, effectively a finding against Vardy that there was an intentional attempt and a successful attempt to keep evidence away from the court. Also, we can't forget the redaction When we got a transcript, there were so many voice notes that said media omitted, media not tracked, redacted, redacted, redacted. And we've got reams and reams of just blacked out text. And then when Rooney's team said, well, hang on a minute, what on earth is this? Vardy's team responded with, oh, it's irrelevant to the litigation. And then actually when there was an order for what we call specific disclosure, when there's legal arguments about whether specific redacted things should be disclosed. When the black marks were removed, it was entirely relevant and actually really damning for Vardy. And what I think is outrageous of the legal team is to have the audacity to redact it, then argue and effectively lie to the court that it wasn't relevant. And then it's actually what probably stands and falls with the entirety of the case. It was utterly ridiculous and really dishonest, I think. But it did lead to my favourite exchange of the entire courtroom when Rooney's lawyer said that the phone, which was reportedly lying at the bottom of the sea, is now lying alongside Davy Jones's locker, to which Miss, <laughs> Mrs. Vardy yeah. replied, who is Davy Jones? Uh. <laughs> but I'm kind of intrigued. In terms of Vardy's team and everything that's happened with like stuff being redacted, etc., etc., is that something that she discusses with her legal team about doing or is that something she just did on her own? Like, I'm just, I don't get how that... My experience is you get from your client all of the disclosure that is completely unredacted. Okay. And then as a lawyer, you make the decision Ah. to redact what you think needs to be redacted. Right. Obviously, based on your instructions from the client. But as a lawyer, I don't know how in good faith they were able to redact things that were so materially important to the case and then have the audacity and the ballsiness to lie to a court and say, oh, don't worry about that. It's redacted because it's irrelevant. Well, that's lying to a court, which as a lawyer, I don't know how you can dare do that. Mm. Wow. And what's the best practice when it comes to giving evidence to the other side? Would you normally omit things? So when you disclose documents to another other side in court proceedings, you have to disclose only the documents that you rely on, the document which adversely affects your own case or adversely affect another party's case or support another party's case. So in this case, what they did is they did not disclose the parts that adversely affected their own case, which is in breach of what the disclosure rules say that they must do. And Vardy's solicitors were ordered to undertake a manual review of certain documentation to apply the test for standard disclosure in CPR 31.6. What the hell is that? (laughs) That's that's exactly what I've just read. That's what must be disclosed. So the fact that they're then ordered to do it again is because they didn't do the job properly in the first place. Uh... So it's like, right, I see, it's like a teacher at school. I see what you've done here. But let's go away and do it again and actually listen to what you're meant to do. That's what <laughs> wow. it's effectively saying. I, I love, love that it. illegal terminology. Yeah. Yes. And Scott, what was your take on the missing evidence? We know a lot of the press were sympathetic towards Vardy. Did the possibility that she'd got rid of her laptop and her agent's phone happened to fall in the seas start to sway people? It just felt quite unbelievable. I think beyond that point, it started to shift more and more in a direction. Because you're sort of thinking to yourself, why when this evidence is so crucial, when messages are normally so well encrypted and protected, did it just suddenly disappear at a very convenient time for Vardy? Mm. I mean, I also find that you do lose 
WhatsApp messages, but it tends to have to be that you go out of your way to destroy them. So for example, you know, you'd have to go onto the WhatsApp message and actively delete entire conversations yeah. for it to be wiped. Sometimes if your phone gets stolen or you have to then transfer to a new phone, things do go missing, but sometimes you're able to retrieve them. It just seems to be the case that some messages were okay. So why were some messages also not okay? Yeah. Have you ever accidentally or deliberately phoned the phone into the sea because it feels very dramatic it feels very kind of like soap ending relationship ending why would you be holding a phone by the side of a boat exactly why in the north sea exactly it was too specific for me i was like "Mm." and then the laptop malfunction i'm like i've had a crusty laptop for 20 years and that ain't malfunction so there's no way and it's got a few buttons missing and it's still all right yeah you can't type with the letter s anymore (laughs) which makes just copy and paste it oh yeah (laughs) Miss Rooney's husband might play a good game on a football pitch, but she plays a good game on her socials. You know, she posted a quote on her Instagram before the reveal post that said, don't play games with a girl who can play better. Ow! Miss Rooney was not playing from day one. Ever since she clocked that someone was leaking stories from her private account, she let them know that she was going to find out who they were. Who's my snitch of a follower? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Grimacing and shocked face emojis. Been a few posters fed back to the rag of a paper. This is a private account. The grass strikes again. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. (laughs) Dot, 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 dot. I put that picture on wondering if it would appear in that horrible newspaper. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) You're accepted as one of my friends. If you really needed the money that bad, you could have always asked instead of being sly. Exclamation mark, exclamation (laughs) mark, exclamation mark. Phenomenal acting there. She loves the dog. She she loves the dots. The warning posts are all included in the evidence documentation. What would their inclusion be trying to prove, Grace? I would just say that it was a long-standing attempt by Vardy, that it wasn't a one-off, that it had been going on for some time and that she'd been getting a gut feeling that there was some sort of deception. So it's not just a one-off occasion, it's actually long-standing. And I think that helps Rooney because it goes to the truth argument that she was running. She was running the defence that what she says was absolutely true. Therefore, she can't be found to have defamed Rebecca Vardy. And the fact that it's all these posts saying the grass strikes again, da 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 it shows that, you know, she's been looking into this for some time. And Colleen's lawyer said her investigation was excellent, but the evidence, mainly the screenshots of Rebecca's account viewing stories that were then leaked, wasn't good enough. He said he would have never advised her to do what she did. But why wasn't her evidence good enough? I don't know whether it's social media. The courts don't really like using social media because there's so much to it. It's confusing. It's not established enough for judges to be comfortable with it. And also with the way that the privacy works, anyone could have access to that account. So the fact that Rebecca Vardy as an individual was having so much backlash and so much harm to her reputation based only on social media, Mm. it's just sort of sticky and uncomfortable. So yes, on a social level, Colleen's got the receipts, but on a legal level, there's a level of uncomfortability there. And also from a judge's point of view, what's to stop them thinking that she screenshot it before there could have been dozens other that saw that story. Yeah, that's true. And with screenshots, they can be manipulated. You know, there is Photoshop. There's an ability to distort the truth when you've only got one side. Scott, did you understand all of the elements of the trial or were you just following it for the tea? I was following it for the tea. (laughs) That's the answer that we wanted. I mean, let's just be honest here. I mean, I think also all of these exchanges were being played out essentially via the press because of the press pit in there with journalists who essentially made a name or a career from themselves just live tweeting the exchanges between there. Of course, you weren't having cameras in the courtroom itself. So Mm -hmm. it meant that you were having to essentially rely on their testimony and the playing out with conversations online to then follow. 
I think it became a lot clearer, obviously, kind of afterwards, really, like during the news reports, but then also during the various adaptations about what those exchanges were actually like. I'm never going to try to say that I'm a legal expert in any of this. <laughs> let's, let's not let's not kid ourselves me, me here. Too. What I think also is the level of depravity with this case, because we can't forget that when Vardy was getting worried that Colleen was clocking on to what she was doing, there was a text exchange between Vardy and Caroline Watt to say, oh, I think I'm basically, I think I need to test the waters, but I never usually just reach out to say hi. So shall I message her about Rosie, her dead sister? Oh no, that was terrible. And I just think that as a consumer, you're looking at that and you're thinking, how low are you going to go for a few hundred or a few thousand pounds from the sun? Mm. I just think it's so dark. I guess what I took from Colleen's Disney doc, which I thought was interesting when Piers Morgan talked about celebrities swapping stories on each other to get good press. I thought that was actually quite an interesting element because I kept thinking, what was Rebecca Vardy's intentions? Yeah. What, what, like, what's what, the MO? Why? Like, or as Cardi B says, what was the reason? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. like, girl, what's happening? But actually, Piers Morgan talking about celebrities doing that, it makes sense why she just wanted to be famous. I and guess. that's why I think Rooney was able to argue the public interest defence mm-hmm. because what she could say that it's in the public interest mm. for the public to know about this transactional relationship mm. between newspapers that you sell stories on celebrities, one for money but also two for good press for yourself. Yeah. Because they did write about her a lot about absolutely nothing. Just random stuff. Boring, right? dead. Yeah. Dead content. Now, in the Disney Plus doc, Colleen mentions that she knew the person who was leaking the stories to the press wasn't from Liverpool because she knew that anyone who was from Liverpool would never sell to the Sun because Mm -hmm. of the Hillsborough disaster. And I thought that was really fascinating. And that was a really interesting insight into the relationship that Liverpool has with the Sun. I thought it was brilliant. Or lack of relationship. There's no community like a Liverpoolian community. And with the way the Sun Mm. reported on Hillsborough, blamed the Liverpoolian fans, saying that they were hooligans, Mm -hmm. that they were stamping on people that had passed away, they were attacking police. You know, the fact that as a community they've come together and boycotted the Sun. News agents in Liverpool won't even sell the Sun. So, you know, we hear Rooney say that rag of a newspaper. Yeah. There are other Liverpudlian celebrities that will not even entertain a question from the Sun in a press conference. And actually, if you look at Rooney's private account, given that she's born and raised in Liverpool and so is her husband, it's like playing Guess Who, isn't it? She can flip down all of the people (laughs) from Liverpool as being completely excluded from this. Vardy made a bad choice in picking the one newspaper that no one in Liverpool would sell to. Think about this for a minute. You're in someone's DMs. You think you're having a private conversation one-to-one. I mean, everything you've said might be relayed back to a trustworthy bestie, a work wife or a partner, but that's as far as they'll go. You wouldn't ever really think that what goes down in the DMs would be used as evidence in a trial. Well, you thought wrong. So remember, the next time you're typing on your phone, if it can happen to the wags, it can happen to you. That is so bad. And the son of all people as well. Have you been through all your followers? No one with any celeb mag links. What about being hacked? I would be chomping if that was me. Not on at all. Kiss. Yeah, been through all, but can't remember in point anyone. Got a few people onto it trying to source, but if they're getting the info, they're not going to tell. Had things like this in the past and never got to find out. Kiss, kiss. Yeah, that's true. Exclamation mark. You don't think the paper has hacked your account, do you? Kiss. No, very much doubt it. Kiss. Scott, what do you think of the messages between these wags? I think it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it was around like that time when Colleen started to come up with the idea, the genius idea of planting fake stories of yourself in the hope that you would be able to go and see it. I mean, like the ludicrous of A, thinking up an, an idea, B, then working out over the course of the next few months about what you would like the papers to know that won't be damaging to your reputation, but you're happy for it to see in the papers, if that makes sense. And just the idea of, was it this place in Mexico where apparently you would be able to decide the gender of your baby? And then just Colleen putting the plan in motion of just saying, oh, I'm off on holiday. Oh, I can't wait to find out what this gender 
uh, assignment is and then only letting Vardy see it. Mm. So interesting. So it interesting. Because it's the idea that you would know the right story that would get picked up by exactly the press. That. that you would know exactly that it would be so ludicrous that it wouldn't have been picked up inadvertently in any other way, that you would never have that idea or you would ever tell anyone else about it. But then also the patience to wait around for it because it might not develop straight away. It might be a month down the line, the three months down the line. Yeah. And then you're able to go to yourself, right, I've not told that information to anyone else and it's now in the sun. And I yeah. think between the, the gender selection story and it coming out in the sun was a period of about four months. Mm. So in that time, no doubt Rooney was thinking, you know, have I got this wrong? Maybe it's not her because it it should have come out by now. And then four months down the road, there it is. Yeah, I also think that people underestimate Colleen's intelligence. I mean, Colleen has been in the public eye since she was 16 years old. I remember when she brought out her fume. Yeah. I was buying yeah. that. Did you? Yeah, she her perfume. It was in a purple was that in a bottle? It was a purple bottle. I remember when she had the fastest selling weight loss DVD. Yeah, of the yeah, year. the DVD. She had like three million. Like Colleen has been in her bag, right? Yeah. From the <laughs> jump. And so I think that she knows how the media works. She, of course she knows how the media works because it's been in her life for over 15 years. So I think the fact that she strategically thought this stuff out is because she knows what the press want from her. She's always known that. And I think even the fact that she chose the gender story knowing that Wayne had had a vasectomy. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, that's not someone that's stupid. No, you know? no, no. That's someone that knows how to play the game. But what I love as a lawyer about phone disclosure is you get an insight into what people were speaking and thinking about at the time. Yeah. Way before they even comprehended mm. that litigation could take place. Yeah. And so even in this case, the judge found the texts were helpful because it showed what the people genuinely believed at the time it was happening. Mm. And so when sort of Rooney's texting Vardy about the concern that people are on her account, but more importantly, when Vardy and Caroline Watts are slotting and scheming, they're not texting with the idea that anyone else is going to see these messages yeah. which is why they're so important and I do remember in the Disney doc where there is a text exchange between Vardy and what and it's Rebecca Vardy talking about one of Jamie Vardy's team players yeah. who I think got done for drink driving. drink driving and she said something like this is the story like I want to get a fee and it was like, ooh, this is obviously what she does. Because that was the shift, wasn't it, for yeah. Rooney? Because initially she thought it was just an exchange for positive press about herself. And then that text message then flipped it into, no, she's doing this for yeah. financial gain. Yeah. And actually, anyone's up for grabs. She will sell a story about anyone in the public eye that she's got access to. I don't even want to imagine the conversation Jamie Vardy had to have with Rebecca about the fact that she... I mean, he obviously told his wife that story about his teammate getting done for drink driving in private. Yeah. You know, we have these conversations with our partners because we're like, oh, you're not going to tell anyone. Yeah, and course. then your partner actually does to the press. Tells the son. Oh, honey. <laughs> Woo! You know, that, that room was hot. And Scott, you're big on socials. You're popping on the social media. Have you ever been in a similar situation? Have you had people like leaking stories and you're like, oh, what's happening? How do people know about this? Well, I mean, may I say that I'm... I think in a slightly different world than the Roonies and the Vardis, where most people jump into my DMs to let me know that a dog's been on the news. <laughs> like Sky News, there's, there's an Alsatian. It's, it's, it's great. They've made it look like a newsreader. That's hilarious. And so forth. Or somebody screws up a delivery on a news report on the BBC News channel. I'm, I'm very much in a different, different league. But I would say... So what I find fascinating about social media is that you don't really know how far something can travel. Woo! Because yeah, the way that, that it is, is that many people screenshot like a tweet and then they might put that into an Instagram post like Love of Huns or Hunsnet or so forth. That will travel so, so much further than you might think. So that's why like bizarrely, even though Twitter I think is slowly declining and it's as much smaller, I think it's one of the most powerful ones because it's not only it can have that reach. It's also the one that is still primarily, I think, used by journalists. So normally if there's an incident on there, all the other social media networks are very quickly influenced by it. I also just wanted to add, because I remember when, I think it was 2006, maybe it was England playing and it was all about the wags and they all came together and it was like Victoria Beckham and it was Colleen. And I remember like the term wags felt like something that was just rooted in like misogyny. Mm. Yeah. Like mm. you were just seen as no matter what you did, 
screw the fact that Cheryl Cole was in a band or Victoria mm. Beckham was in the Spice Girls. Yeah. You're the wife of a footballer. Like yeah. that is you. So I actually think that like the way that WAG has now come into this kind of 2023 world, I think what Colleen's done is a good thing because I think that WAG was used to, I think, weaponize her. And now yeah. I think it's, it's something that's actually helped her build a brand new career and now I think there's more respect for like I'm sure she's going to release this book and then go quiet again but it's yeah, almost yeah. like she's been able to rebrand on her own terms because no matter what she did even though she had the fastest selling DVD etc etc she was always Wayne Rooney's wife Yeah, and I think that and you know Victoria Beckham effectively had to escape the UK to rebrand and come back whereas Colleen Rooney has always been here so I think this has actually been really good for her and actually how we look at wags and how we used to talk about you know wives and girlfriends of footballers in that way and actually like they're people and I think the documentary is fantastic because it shows her as a human yeah it shows the sacrifice that she had to make for her family when yeah. she was miserable living in America yeah and actually you can relate to her the fact that as a woman she has had to live in the spotlight vicariously because of her part her boyfriend at 16 and then her husband but actually she's intelligent she's yes. savvy and she went through an awful situation and was violated by a good friend of hers. Yeah. So I think the investigation actually showed her in a really positive light totally. as just a human being. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The amount of times Vardy and Watt mention the word leak between themselves is obscene. I mean, listen to this. Image omitted. This makes me fume. Exclamation mark. Does she not realise she is part of the problem? Exclamation mark. Photoshop pictures that make you look five sizes smaller than you are. Kiss. What a joke. Kiss. Can we not leak a story? Kiss. OMG, have you seen how badly Mrs F is behaving? Kiss. Leak the story about her shitting Mr G behind Mr H's back. Kiss. She's gone and done it now. Leak the Maldives stuff. Kiss. Would love to leak those stories. Kiss. You seen Colleen's Twitter? Kiss. Such a victim. Poor Colleen. Two crying with laughter emojis. She doesn't even do her Twitter. Kiss. Funny that her PR admitted she had been in a crash. The paper didn't blame her for it either. Emojis. And it wasn't someone she trusted. It was me. Crying with laughter emoji. I mean, that, that is such a mic drop moment, isn't I, it? Yeah. But like, that's like a dun-dun-dun. Yeah. Outrageous. It's a dufter. Yeah. Yeah. I love these text messages. Yeah. But the explanation for the word leak, because it was used so many times, is that it was just to give a story to a journalist. Yeah. And then Vardy had the audacity when she was talking about the body positivity, saying, can't we leak a story? She tried to say that I said that because I wanted to do a story myself about body positivity. And that's what apparently she meant when she said, let's leak a story. Girl, bye. Just waffling, absolutely waffling. You'd think a straightforward thing to do would be to get the journalist who published the stories on the stand to confirm who was leaking the stories. Yeah. I do know that, you know, journalists are not meant to reveal their sources. Mm. But, I mean, they were asked to take part in the trial, but they refused to get on the stand. Can journalists actually say no to participating in a trial like that? Put it this way, I was shocked when I saw that. Because there are so many more confidential things that people have to reveal when they're on a stand. So I don't think a journalist should have this ultimate privilege argument 
to protect their sources. It's not that deep. People have legal privilege. I get that. They can protect their legal advice they've been given. But a journalist real their sources. I don't know how they get away with that. I was shocked when I saw that they could just say, we're not revealing our sources. It's, I mean, it's I wrong. just I just think that, oh, journalists will never reveal their sources. It's just something that is just the standard. Because if you reveal your sources and given any indication, that is the end of your career. Because yeah. your entire career is based on building trust with people to tell you information that you know may well be in the public interest. And it doesn't matter whether you're in a tabloid paper or a broadsheet. It's like the number one rule, the number one rule within the industry that all journalists go into. So yes, I mean, I can kind of understand the legal obligations surrounding that. But I'd say that if you had a journalist in the dock, they would never reveal their sources because the moment that they even gave a clue or an indication... They'd never have any work ever again in their career. Yeah, but I'm surprised that a judge didn't force them to give an answer. Can a judge force them? Well, hold them in contempt, okay? Go down to the cells, then you're not going to give evidence. You know, a judge has that power. I understand the argument, but people have to give evidence that affects their career all the time. Mm. They shouldn't be given the protection they've been afforded. I'm a journalist. I'm, 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 I'm a journalist. I'm, I'm a, a journalist. They should go to the cells. But, wow. But, but, but I think this is interesting because I know that, you know, in the UK, we have a very funny relationship with the press and the courts and stuff like that. I mean, what do you think about what Grace is saying, Scott? I mean, I, I just, just think that it's a model that doesn't, you know, work perfectly. But I feel that the moment that you have courts giving rulings in regards to press freedom is, I think, a bad implication for press freedom. And don't get me wrong, I work within an industry that is far from perfect. And there are many, many frustrations that I share about the way that things are reported. And there's been many issues surrounding journalism and the consequences of those actions. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's also many great things that come from journalism too because of the privacy that journalists have in regards to their sources because, you know, the accountability that it gives to so many different institutions. So I would worry greatly if, of course, that respect in regards to journalist privacy is taken away. And I understand that. It's just in this case, it's a single issue case. It stands and falls on the source of these stories to the sun. I guess you you can... Agree to disagree, can't you? Uh, I think we have. <laughs> Me and Scott have. Yeah, yeah. I will not send Scott to jail. I love a bit of heat. <laughs> oh, thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Thanks a lot. No I jail for it. me. Colleen's team brought up other stories Rebecca had sold to the papers, including the infamous Peter Andre Chipolata story. Yeah. What would that have proved about Mrs. Vardy? Before then, Vardy said that she really respected people's privacy and she respected yes. that. And I think trying to sort of give the idea that you would be happy to talk about the size of Peter Andre's member, I think obviously <laughs> was seen to be kind of throwing that idea under it. Vardy then said that she highly regretted that interview, that that interview was from years earlier. But I think it was in a case by Colleen's team and from David Sherborne's team is to paint Vardy as like a character, as a person who would have the reputation or would have the reasoning to go and do this. I think it was eventually thrown out, that section. They didn't find it relevant in regards to the actual court. But I think by then that exchange had already lit up so much. And Scott's absolutely right, because from a legal term, it shows a propensity to behave like this. Mm. And what that means is that it's a pattern of behaviour that she has sold stories on celebrities before, and therefore it's not beyond the realm of possibility that she's done it again here. And actually, given her background of behaviour, it's more likely than not that she did it again here. After Colleen's reveal post was published... Vardy sent Miss Rooney a message that had pretty much been ghostwritten by Miss Watt. And it went like this. As I've just said to you on the phone, phone, I wish you had called me if you thought this. I never speak to anyone about you, as various journalists who have asked me to over the years can vouch for. If you thought this was happening, you could have told me, and I could have changed my passwords to see if it stopped. Over the years, various people have had access to my Insta. And just this week, I found I was following people I didn't know and had never followed myself. I'm not being funny, but I don't need the money. What would I gain from selling stories on you? Question mark. I liked you a lot, Colleen, and I'm so upset that you have chosen to do this. 
especially when I'm heavily pregnant. I'm disgusted that I'm even having to deny this. You should have called me the first time this happened. Broken heart emoji. <laughs> that reminds me. You remember when Gemma Collins on Celebrity Big Brother and she was going, I don't need the money. <laughs> but then her own text messages completely undermine everything yeah. that she's just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And playing the pregnancy card as well. Because all this happened before you were pregnant anyway. Why? Stop reaching. Yeah. Darling. Yeah, she was. Any final thoughts? <laughs> I just think that we're in an age in which true crime podcasting and true crime is so much of a huge thing. It's the most popular genre on streaming services. It's one of the most popular genres in podcasting. What this case, though, is shown for me is that there is a massive public appetite for stories that aren't so incredibly dark, that aren't so about murders, that aren't so about kind of the absolute depths of human society and depravity. That's what this podcast is about. Da, 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 da. Exactly that. May I say that that wasn't a purposeful <laughs> segue <laughs> as a way to promote your own podcast. <laughs> but now Scott that it's been done. Again. Well, exactly. I'm like, do Jamie Vardy and Wayne Rooney, like, do they talk, like, what is their relationship? That's what I'm interested in. Like, Maybe they should do the next yeah. what, documentary that also, comes out. Also, the money that was spent, I think it was three million. Yeah, that was her legal costs bill, effectively. When For Rebecca Vardy? Because she has to pay her own legal costs and then cleans as well. Woo! The unsuccessful party pays the successful party's costs as a general rule. Wow. Ooh. But also, for a court, you know, this uh, the high court deals with really serious cases in this country. So can you imagine that high court judge having all these celebrities with the big shades, the heels, the press behind them, being papped, a huge entourage, arguing about a picture of my feet on a first class plane going to Mexico for a gender selection? Yeah. You know, it's, it is a bit ridiculous. But also, very important message that we've learned as a society about actually the insight into selling stories to the press. Yeah. Mm. And now we know that Rebecca Vardy has trademarked Wagatha Christie. That's Who knows if there's a film coming out. Maybe that she's, is tragic. Maybe she's directing her first film that she's doing. I mean, who knows what's next? The merch. The merch. Wagatha Christie's legacy lives on. On July the 29th, 2022, Colleen Rooney won her high court war of the WAGs with Rebecca Vardy after a judge ruled that Vardy had leaked the stories about Rooney to the press. Vardy was reportedly devastated. Upon hearing the news, Colleen swore and teared up. Her choice of expletive is still unknown. More recently, Rebecca Vardy trademarked the phrase Wagatha Christie, even though she didn't come up with it. Intellectual property experts say Vardy could easily make hundreds of thousands of pounds by whacking the phrase on mugs and beauty products. Let's not act like we wouldn't buy them. Caroline Watt is reportedly in talks to do her own TV special sharing her version of events. Nobody's revealing what she sounds like yet. Colleen Rooney is hoping to draw a line under the whole saga now that her Disney Plus documentary is out and is looking forward to saying goodbye to it in 2024. Dot, 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 dot. In this episode of Courtroom Drama, Rebecca Vardy was played by Ella Lewis, Colleen Rooney by Eleanor Sutton and Caroline Watt by Georgia Winters. Additional voices by Georgia Winters and Jake Wardle. This episode features special guests Grace Rose Gwynn and Scott Bryan. Courtroom Drama is a crime and investigation original podcast made by ITN Productions and is hosted by me, Jackie Atadeji. It is produced by Raj Panda, assistant producer and sound design by Lucy Evans. Production manager is Emily Jarvis. Executive producer is Rabina Pabani. Commissioning editors are Sam Pearson and Di Carter. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.